1: to start this
0: game. Jeremy LeBloski and John Moraski teeing off on one another. And Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, he we said Toporowski, this is a guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's well, call like it is, Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer, he reaches in a right, right, right He's not down, Grabson.
2: He's just for it. Still Gripson. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Still Gripson. Folks, this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Vinnie Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All oh, right, he, he absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. The sheer stagger by a big...
0: Island on a penalty shot. Scores!
2: Blue guard down the wing. Blue guard bombs away. Score! Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting. This should be good. This should be very good.
0: Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to episode 26 of the 5 for Fighting Podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. And today's guest is a guy who played uh, quite a few games in the minors and grinded it out in the old U-Haul League and the ECHL and uh, even had a quick stint in the Quebec League a couple times and he managed to rack up almost 3,400 penalty minutes and uh, the man we're talking about, of course, as you can read by the title, I'm sure when you click this is Bruce Watson. So... Uh, Bruce was awesome and you know uh, great guest to have on told some awesome stories about being coached by John Brophy and uh, the absolute gong show of a wheeling team that he had and in fact you know speaking of the Quebec League uh, he was on some cl- some tough squads back there too the old Laval chiefs and if you know the Quebec League or anything like that uh, you will uh, you'll definitely know who the Laval chiefs are and even if you might not be that into the Quebec League and if you know uh, if you know some hockey fights and you know, word gets around, you probably know who the Laval Chiefs are. <laughs> we'll put it that way. So, um, but no, Bruce was awesome. And, you know, thanks to you. Uh, thank you to him for coming on the show. And, um bullshitting with me for a while and <laughs> fuck Bruce I'm blaming you right now buddy you uh you got me to start chewing again <laughs> went out and bought my first can of dip in about two and a half months the other day um so I, bl- I blame you for that uh, after we started talking about it there on the podcast <laughs> um but no so yeah it was good and you know thank again Bruce thanks for coming on hope you're listening hope you uh continue to listen to the show uh um hope- hopefully the boys listen to the show after they uh they come on you know I'm not sure if all of them do but I know a few do um And, you know, speaking of the boys that I've had on the show, you can go back and check out a couple episodes if you're new to the show this week. Um, So I've had plenty of episodes. i got Mike DeGurse, Mark McFarlane, Mike Segroy, Jeremy Yablonski, Frank Bialois. Last week I had on Rob Ray, and the reception for that one was really good. So um, if you're just tuning into the show, you know, I encourage you to go back and listen. There's all some good stuff. And um, yeah, the Rob Ray episode, I got a lot of great reception on that one. And, um, you know, it's was really cool to hear Rob Ray's career and kind of some stuff I feel like it hasn't been out there. So, um, no, it was good. And I actually, uh, started posting these little videos, I guess. Uh, I actually started posting them on YouTube. <laughs> haven't even announced anywhere real good marketing strategy by me, I guess. But, um, I say marketing like as if like it's a big corporation. But uh no, so I, I start posting these little videos where it's I, I put the fight on and I dub it over with like that section of the interview talking about that fight. So uh, it's pretty cool and I think a lot of people have enjoyed it so far, so I'm gonna keep doing it and I, I have fun doing it. Uh, it's a little something a little bit different. You still see the fight and everything. You may not hear the fight call from the announcer, but you, you get to hear the the player himself, the one that's involved in the brawl, I guess we'll say. Um, you know, start talking about that fight. So no, it's a lot of fun and pretty cool. So you can definitely go check that out. I, I I apologize on my YouTube. I don't know if it's my name or if it's Five for Fighting. I I think I had to do Five for Fighting thirty because of course that email was taken. Everything's Gmail now. So um, yeah, I think that was taken. So I think it's Five for Fighting thirty is what it is on there. And of course after Chris Chris Nylon had to, had to show some love for Nux. So uh, but yeah, definitely encourage you to go check those out and. Uh, like I said, go check out the past episodes. And while you're at it, if you want to check out some other podcasts, then there's, you know, I don't recommend a crazy minor hockey podcast, but there are the uh, this our small little circle here I always recommend – and so, uh, starting off, of course, is Joe Lazito with the Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box. And he actually just had some new artwork that looks pretty good. It's like a little animated version of Joe. So, uh, you've got the, got the whole beard going on and everything. So <laughs> I really enjoyed that Joe. Hope, well, I hope you'd be listening. Um, uh, well, if you listen to the Rob Ray episode and I know how you feel about Rob Ray, you're definitely tuning into this one at least. So, um. <laughs> but no, go check out Joe. Joe, he, uh, he follows exclusively like, uh, Islanders and Forcers. So he's had guys on like uh, Mike McWilliam, Mick Fukoda, uh, D New, and Jimmy Mack. Uh, and he just is doing a bracket challenge right now. And it's uh, all about Islanders and Forcers. And it's kind of, uh, you know, it's the top dog. It's almost like uh, old Fourth Line voices. Uh, what is it like the, what, the Bob Probert Invitational? Boy, we haven't done it in so long now. <laughs> Fucking feel like we've been cooped up in here, and I forget all the hockey topics now because we normally we do it in the off season. Um, I think we do it towards you know the later end of the year uh, is when Southpaw does it, but I don't think it just feels like the off season because we don't have any hockey. Um, so yeah, I was sitting there getting everything confused, but it's just, uh, yeah, we don't have any hockey right now. So I'm a little, little off on my time, even though I don't watch it, it still feels a little weird not having it on. But, uh, anyways, getting sidetracked. yeah, Joe's got the, um, the Islanders enforcer bracket. And so we kind of going through line by line of, uh, hypothetical matchups between guys who played on the Islanders and, uh, you know, who's going to be the, the quote unquote, you know, uh, champion, whole. Enforce or whatever you want to call it. Who should be the champ of uh, long Island? There we go. Can't talk. I just had dinner. So maybe that's uh, maybe <laughs> it's my fault. Uh, you know, if I can do a little bit of a food coma, but, um, no so definitely go check out Joe's podcast it's great stuff and always enjoy listening to it uh, go check out Bobby Longgrass over at the Bucket Drop I know he just had a uh, just had a kid so uh, it's a little bit slow over there for him understandably of course you know kids are going to slow you down uh, You got a lot of a lot of stuff on your plate now but Bobby does some good stuff he's actually had fourth line voice on he's had Dean Mayrand, John Morasti, Brandon Sugden so uh, yeah definitely go check out Bobby's show it's doing good and uh, it was always fun to see what Bobby comes out with and um, as far as the enforcer podcast goes there is some good news and that is of course that fourth line voice is back uh, his show and of course if you listened before uh, listened to the previous episodes you'll know that his show was kind of gone and uh kind of explained a little bit of it but you know i, wa- I wanted to see how everything panned out before i uh, you know dove deeper into it And, uh, you know, private messaging Darren back and forth, but no, his show is back and he's actually with the hockey podcasting network. So good for him. And, you know, congratulations on that. And I look forward to listening to the show. He actually just came out with his first episode today. Um, uh, which is Tuesday. I think it was today. Um, but right now it's on Spotify. It's going to be on Apple soon, so don't worry about that. That's where I listened to it. That was on Spotify today, since it's not quite on iTunes yet. But uh, it's definitely coming, so stay tuned for that. And Glad to have the original Enforcer podcast back. Uh, so as you know, I always credit Darren with that. He's always the original Enforcer podcast, so it's always important for that. But in the meantime, while you're waiting for that to come out on iTunes, you can definitely go check out his YouTube channel, which, of course, is just Fourth Line Voice. And speaking of other YouTube channels, also check out whenprobertwasking.com. Um, you know, Steve does a great job over there. He just had a top 25 list, and he's actually going to discuss it with Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice. Uh, you know, everybody always likes the list the top fives, top tens, whatever the case may be, but he has a top 25 list, and it's very in-depth with uh, pictures, videos, of all the reasoning as to why this guy is placed here what brought him here, what maybe knocked him down a couple notches, you know? So definitely go check that out. Uh, you know, I, I know I plug all these guys in all the time on the podcast, and I know it may sound redundant every time, but it's, uh, it's like the small little fight circle, I guess we have the fight community, we'll say. Um, it's a dying hobby, and I got into it late. And as you know, I'm a little bit younger, uh, compared to these guys. Not knocking the boys, of course, <laughs> not saying that in a bad way, but, um, no, so I'm, I'm a little bit younger, so I'm kind of, you know, I just, I got to catch everything on the tail end of see even even seeing hockey fights themselves, you know, I got to see the tail end of the enforcer and uh, you know what they meant to the team everything like that. and so uh, all these guys I mentioned kind of keep the spirit alive and whether people like it or not it, I think it's important to get these guys stories out. that's why I do the podcast and that's why I have fun doing it and continue to enjoy doing it is uh, you know getting these boys stories out not you know, it's not all about, the goal scorers and everything sometimes. And I get people maybe have a distaste for fighting now and physical play of hockey. But I I think it's important not to just close that book and, you know, throw it on the shelf, never to open it up again. Uh, You know, pull it out every once in a while, give it a look and reminisce on the good times. Well, good times for me, I guess, if you don't like fighting, bad times for you. But, um, But no, listening to some stories from the boys and hear what it was like. It was a different world back then and different game of hockey. And of course I miss it, but, uh, these guys shouldn't be shunned for what they did or anything like that. So, uh, that's kind of why I always plug these guys in. And Not only that, they do great content too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't plug them in if they were assholes or they were doing shitty jobs. <laughs> um, so no, go check them out and, you know, keep up the, uh, keep up the good work boys. If you guys are listening, hope you, uh, hope you guys continue to keep doing it and it keeps me entertained all the time. And it keeps me on Twitter and Facebook and the whole reason I'm on there and everything like that. And so, um, and you know, Last but not least, I'll plug another podcast in that he actually just had some T-shirts come out with Shane Guilfoyle over at the History of Hockey podcast. And he also did the episode with me. Uh, what would he, did he call it a swap cast? I don't know. Shane knows all these fancy podcast terms. I just know we recorded the same episode and released it on both of our podcasting platforms. So... um no, he we went over the history of hockey fights, but Shane runs the History of Hockey podcast. Does a great job. He's actually doing a really good, uh, I think he's on part five of it now, is Women of the Wild West talking about women's hockey. Uh, he does a lot of great stuff. He's had a three-part series with uh, Doug Hammer Hammersmith, and that's the original goon. For those who don't know, he's done done one on the Danbury Trashers and a couple other line brawls. So he, he, he mixes in some, some good stuff as far as enforcing goes and uh, just general education of hockey. I always like to listen to the stuff about the game that, might uh people might not always know and uh Shane will definitely let you know and get some great content out of him and he actually just released some t-shirts with vintage ice hockey so go check their stuff out too uh you know it's like another smaller company nothing big and I uh I happen to actually order a couple shirts from them before and I actually just ordered my my next two I ordered the one for Shane because he has his own merch up there now so good for you Shane proud of that uh, you know, proud of you for that, bud. And, uh, definitely ordered, well, I already ordered one. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, I got to get one. And also they happen to have a Motor City Mechanics one. So I had to go and show some love for the old U-Haul league and definitely ordered that one up. Um, and they got plenty of different leagues. They got the old Making Whoopi, the Madison. I mean, if you listen to this, you probably, a lot of people probably like the U-Haul league. So I'll just say that, but I mean, they have the old WHA and everything. And even a couple roller hockey teams and everything like that. But, uh, they got the Madison monsters, Muskegon, Fury, the, las vegas thunder or the old ihl so definitely go check out their stuff it's called vintage dot uh great stuff over there They're not even endorsing me to say this i just i just genuinely enjoy it and of course i'm more so endorsing shane shirt for him so uh definitely go check that out uh and you know real quick before we end it here i'll just uh, let you know where to find me at and uh, you can check me on instagram it's five for fighting pod uh, you know just spelled out nothing fancy And then on Twitter, it is the 5 for Fighting Pod, but the uh, 5 is the number, so it's going to be the number 5 and then for Fighting Pod. And last but not least, on Facebook, you can find the 5 for Fighting Podcast page. Give it a like, and you'll stay up to date with everything. And if you want to check out more fight videos, fight pictures, fight discussions, go check out the Enforcer Appreciation Group. We're almost up to... 10,500 members now it's crazy to even think about it's almost a year old now so I've almost had 10,000 people join it in a year Uh, lots of former players in there the list goes on with who you got in there honestly so just pick your poison you'll you'll see them they always always like to comment and chime in from time to time so uh, anyways guys you didn't um you didn't come here to hear me yap the entire time I've even gone a little bit longer than I like to so we will pass it over to Bruce Watson Thank you everybody for listening, hope you enjoy, and sit back, relax, crack a beer, put a chaw in, (laughs) and listen to Bruce Watson. Thanks everybody.
1: This should be good, this should be very good.
0: All and here today on the 5 for Fighting Podcast, we have a guy who had quite a tenure in the UHL, ECHL, even the Mythical Quebec League, and he managed to rack up 3,381 penalty minutes, one Mr. Bruce Watson. Bruce, how you doing today, man?
2: Good, man, how's it going? Good to Uh, hear you.
0: Good, good. I'm glad you, uh, glad you agreed to come on. I appreciate you taking the time to, you know, sit down and bullshit a little bit on this uh, lovely quarantine day.
2: No worries, Dad.
0: Um, so we'll jump right into it. Uh, fuck. When did you, uh, when did you start playing hockey? Were you a typical Canadian kid, like, uh, you know, born on,
2: born on skates, pretty much? Uh, yeah. I think I started when I was like two or three years old. Uh, I grew up in the country outside Ottawa, about an hour away. Uh, my old man we had like a huge massive farm behind us and there was a pond so he dammed her off and I'd be out there even with my boots on it too and threw the skates on that was it
0: well there you go easy enough (laughs) um so you know of course hockey db can be kind of sketchy especially like in juniors as far as like you know it's a little bit blurry um how far back everything goes but you played in the uh, central canada hockey league what was that like playing there
2: Oh, it's a good league, man. I mean, there's tons of uh, tons of great hockey players that uh, played in this league. Uh, guys that I played with, and I mean, guys that I played against. Uh, Matt Bradley, for instance, I think he had a 10 or 11 year career in the uh, in the NHL with San Jose, Washington, and Pitt. Um, and I mean, a bunch of other guys that played obviously in the American League as well. Um, just, I mean, Ottawa's pretty much a hockey. Hotbed. Even back then, it was as was Toronto is today. So pretty good, pretty good league. Even better now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know the junior A they used to call it, like jungle A back in the day. So you uh, <laughs> you started off there and. You know, right away, you're putting up some pims. You know, your first year you had 117, and then your your final year there in the Canadian League, you had uh, 189. So, when did like the fighting kind of start for you? Did it was it did it kind of start before that, or did you end up kind of getting into the fighting a little bit later and kind of realize you can establish yourself
2: this way? Well, I mean, that's when fighting actually had a uh, had a role in the game back then, as like nowadays. I mean, I don't. Is there a fighter in the NHL other than? Uh, than Revo, I mean, there's a couple guys, but Revo can play. Um, back then, for me, I wasn't uh, I wasn't a bad player per se, but I mean, to get on the ice, I needed to to find my niche, and my niche was to run guys over, stand up for my teammates, and I was more than happy to do so.
0: Did so? Did he? No, coach kind of told you that was it was a kind of like a mental decision, almost like you know, this is a this is what I'm good at, so this is what would help me you know, get to the next level or excel in this league?
2: Well, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, not only does it give your teammates uh, more time and space and a little uh, a little extra oomph, I guess, to say that, hey, we got Watson on the bench, we got Bobby Davis on the bench, we got Shane Sullivan on our bench. I think we're going to be okay. We don't have to worry about uh, any of the rough stuff. We'll let those guys handle it. And that's what we did. I mean, I think I played uh, my second year. I played with guys who had 50 goals. I was on the same line. Right. So, I mean, I only had, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 points. I don't know what it was. I don't know. I don't look at my stats and it's obviously 25 years ago. I think it's a long time ago. But I mean, yeah, I knew what my role was and I was fine with it.
0: Yeah, your second year there, man. You put you put up fifty points, one hundred twenty three pims. So you uh, you were doing something right.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and fighting a guy's dad in the stands too at my at the home home arena where like in the hometown where <laughs> well, I grew up.
0: How did that happen? You gotta you can't just leave it at that. You gotta you
2: gotta get. Into well, I mean, <laughs> I even remember the, I even remember the guy's name, Dave Ridgeway. Great defenseman, great player. Went on, I think he went to Dartmouth, uh, NCAA scholarship and I beat him up pretty good. I mean, he was only a year younger than I was, but apparently his dad had traveled from Ottawa to watch him play. And we were out after the first or second period. I don't remember. And as I was walking up to the, uh, the old, uh, Paul Bissonette, uh, the newscaster spot there, the cheap seats up top, uh, his old man grabbed me. And if it wasn't for my uncle who, uh, who stepped in, I would have been in some serious trouble.
0: <laughs> there we go. We're five or, minutes in and you're already fighting someone's dad.
2: <laughs> I love yeah, it. <laughs> uh, so that was a little much, but I mean, I got it. I scraped away, get him off of that. So it turned out okay, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, you, you live to, t- to tell about it.
2: That's right. Little talent it lives and <laughs> fight another day, apparently.
0: Exactly. Um, well, the next year, man, you, you played in uh, university. Well, I should say not the next year. The next, I guess, league, we'll call it. Um, you played university hockey. What was that like, man?
2: Well, it was amazing. Great, uh, amazing school. Great facilities. Great team. Uh, school was okay. I liked it. I got some years done. Uh, finished her off. Uh, had a great year. Went to the Nationals that year. I only played in one game at the Nationals because, I mean, for me, I don't know, it wasn't, uh, we were fourth line guys. And uh, basically, they played the three, top three lines, and we just ran with it as long as they could. Uh, And obviously, uh, I did receive a 14-game suspension for the (laughs) brawl from uh, the University of PEI in December of that year. So that was one thing. (laughs) So when we came back, me and my two line mates came back off suspension. uh, Literally half the season was over. So we were like playing like behind the eight ball. We were the black aces like at Christmas time all the way through February. We were like getting bag skated every day. Fucking workouts. It was insane. But (laughs) I mean that, I mean, the guy ran our goalie from came off the bench, ran our number one goalie. So we had to do something and we did.
0: Clearly you did, and <laughs> you got 14 games for it. I was about to say, you put up uh, 215 PIMS out in university, so you were really getting after it, eh? <laughs> well, yeah,
2: well, that game, the UPI game in Prince Edward Island, I believe me and uh, my linemate, uh, what's his name again? That's terrible. Uh, man, Jeff, just a big dude. played a little bit in the coast. Uh, Quebec League guy. I think he works now in Calgary, but uh, me and him, he's he's like the size of Pat Cote. He was a football player on skates, and that was in, I think, oh, like 1999 or 2000. He was a unit, and he just, he bagged three guys. I fought two guys, and he fought three, and I mean fought, like toe-to-toe. The guy who ran the goalie tried to get off the ice, and Jeff actually ended up catching up with him and grabbed him, pulled them back into the rink there uh, in PEI and just laid a beat down on them. So yeah, we had we had our names were in the apparently we were in the Hockey Hall of Fame within a month about how many pims we racked up in that uh, in that brawl. It was pretty uh, it was pretty nasty though.
0: There you go, you left your mark uh, mark in college <laughs> there.
2: <laughs> yeah. So.
0: <laughs> hey, it happens. If he runs your goalie, what are you going to do, right? You're not going to sit That's there and right. just fucking wait for the refs to call it.
2: <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, I don't even think you got a penalty for that.
0: Oh, well, fuck. Then you definitely got to tune him up then.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, it was a, uh, what do we have? Six on six or seven on seven with one guy coming off each bench? Oh, shit. And, the t- and then the two goalies going at her. So, yeah. You,
0: it's a little bit different than American college hockey. <laughs> a,
2: a lot different. Like, I mean, I, I'm the same thing. You're off, you get into a fight, you're getting, you're, you're out for the game and you're facing a three game suspension. Some are ours escalated. I think me and Jeff both got, uh, 14 games. A couple of their guys got 10 or 12 each. So it was a, uh, <laughs> it was a long wait to get back on the ice in real hockey games.
0: No kidding. Did you guys have to wear full cages
2: there? Uh, no, we actually wore half visors.
0: Oh, well, there you go. It That's...
2: was, yeah, it was pretty sweet. Um, Fucking we played, uh, Jody Shelley played. He was in that league then.
0: Oh shit. I love Jody yes. Shelley.
2: PJ Stock was in uh, at St. FX the year before, uh, and he played in my hometown. So I knew PJ was billing it with a friend of mine uh, in Pembroke, where I live. That's where he played junior too before he went uh, back to the Quebec League there. So uh, he's a tough dude, man. Just an absolute animal.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, it's, I've I've always heard with you know like a, like playing college hockey in in the U.S. or in any league where you got to play in full cage. I've always heard the stick work is so much worse. So I was just curious if uh, if you had to play with the full cage and you just see how much I guess worse the like the cheap shots are and everything like that.
2: Well, that's yeah. I mean, my junior league, uh, your the sticks were above your head all game. You'd get four cross checks right in the cage every game. You'd get uh, glove on punched in the face. So like when I fought in E like back then, I would take my bucket off. Like I would unclip my bucket because a couple of my buddies on my team from Peterborough, they played in the uh, Ontario Provincial League. And that's what their tough guys did. When you're getting into a tilt, unless it's like a spur of the moment. But if you're setting up to fight a guy, it's buckets off. Skate to center and let's get this done. But that's, uh, that was the way we did it. And like in hockey at university, not a lot of stick work. I mean, I took a couple stitches from a puck, but never from a stick.
0: There you go. Yeah. It always, because uh, like, like I said, every time it always, uh, everybody who's always played with a cage in some league or something like that, of course, I'm not. Not talking like beer league, but actual you know high level hockey. Always hear the kind of the, the cheap shots and stick work go up a little bit because you know there's less uh, less consequences, especially because there's no fighting in them. But uh, of course, you know if you guys are getting in brawls and fourteen game suspensions, I think uh, I think fighting is a little yeah. bit more tolerated there.
2: <laughs> well, it's a lot. I don't know if it's tolerated, but I mean it yeah. had to be done at that point in time. And we had a team like I, I mean we were the second best team in our uh, in our league. Uh, and that's all the Eastern uh, Canadian universities. I mean, UMB was stacked. I mean, today they're still, I would say, probably the best university team, maybe in North America. I mean, I'm going against Unreal Schools at, uh, in the States. I mean, UMD, I think, won the last two national championships, but I'm not sure. But UMB stacked every year. They had, when I played there, they had like four NHL draft picks, like in the top. Three rounds playing on their team.
0: Oh no, kid. Yeah, so they
2: were stacked.
0: Good night. I, I don't know. Too, like that's one. You know, I'm I'm a little like blurry as far as my knowledge on uh you know the the Canadian hockey leagues like the you know the Western Hockey League and the Ontario League. But university hockey, I know jack shit about. So I never. I'm always curious to hear kind of you know stuff that goes on in university because like I said, I'm just uneducated on it. So um, now it's cool. That you got got some inside info here. I like it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it
2: was a good time lots of beers lots of fights
0: there you oh, go. <laughs> that's all you need fight. for good hockey
2: <laughs> i guess yeah
0: um so man the next year though you, you end up in the old the old u-haul league the united hockey league with uh port here and the border cats you know how did that kind of come about what how did you kind of get there and you know for your first year pro how'd you like it
2: ah oh, beautiful place uh the town was great the fans were amazing how i ended up there i was uh I had an agent call me at the time and wanted me to go to uh, Florida's rookie camp, which they were holding. Uh, they held the rookie camp for Florida Panthers. I guess one of the uh, either the assistant GM or the GM at the time was an Ottawa guy. I want to say it was Sexton, but I'm not sure. Uh, so I went to that camp. Then they said when that camp was over, this they sent me an invite to my house uh, for the Louisville Panthers that was going to be their AHL affiliate. Uh, So I went to that camp. I was there for, I want to say, 16 or 18 days. And then Polhalski, who was the coach in Port Huron, was there scouting because I think the owners of that team owned the Louisville team. So that's how that came about. But, I mean, I loved it. It was good. Uh, Close to Detroit. I mean, my parents were only five and a half, six hours away. Uh, my mom so my brother so they could come anytime they wanted uh the town was great fans were amazing we had a great group of guys and i mean that was where my first legit pro fight uh where i actually got the bag beat off me by pete vandermeer
0: <laughs> yeah. big time fuck those vandermeers man like I, I always say they grow like fucking weeds with how many there are
2: well i mean i think there's five or six of i'm They're all probably in the top fifty, top sixty of minor pro hockey in toughness. There's not even not even a question about that.
0: What was it like fighting him? Was it just like riding a fucking bull,
2: dude? That guy literally beat the shit out of me. He blackened, (laughs) he blackened, literally both my eyes. Like driving my car home after that game, I could barely see. Oh, (laughs) it was insane. Like I ripped his jersey right off and his shoulder pads and everything came right off and he was barrel chested bare chested and he just i was just eating lefts and rights like it was going out of style
0: (laughs) well welcome welcome to pro hockey kid this ain't university anymore
2: i mean at least he gave my face and my uh bleeding nose and my busted out tooth and black eyes at least he gave me the head tap made me feel a little bit better like "Hey, hey son sometime you'll be able to beat somebody up but Yeah, he was one tough, tough motherfucker, I can tell you that.
0: (laughs) No kidding, man. Yeah, Pete Verdebrey is an awesome guy. Um, You know, you had a couple uh, tough cats on that team, too. You had Lee Cole and Curtis Saylor. What was it like playing with those two?
2: Oh, a couple meat sauces. (laughs) Saylor was like a Pat Cote, pretty boy. Uh, Got the long blonde hair, just a great guy. Uh, Huge into the gym, was always at the gym working out. Uh, just a great guy to learn from, to be honest. And Lee Cole the same. I mean, decent lad. We we had a couple uh, couple incidents on the ice during practice and stuff, but all around great guy. Good pro. Was always good to the younger guys. Uh, but I mean, I guess anybody gets a couple couple drinks into the night before, and you go show up at practice, and you're not uh, you're not pulling your weight. One of the older guys is going to say something. And I didn't take Conley to it. We had to talk it out, and it's in the past, and it's all gone. So, I mean, I had a great time there. The guys were great, all the guys. And like I said, Lee and uh, and Curtis, they could both fucking uh, they could both throw the Mets, and they fought every top guy in that league that year.
0: Yeah, you were you were only left with 136 penalty minutes where <laughs> they were taking taking some work <laughs> away from you. <laughs> I think I only
2: got like 20 shifts, but I mean, he <laughs> yeah,
0: made him count. Um, yeah. Well, so you had a you had a quick cup of coffee in Rockford. Um, you know, you played eight games there the next year, but then you actually end up in Asheville. What, what was it like playing out there in Asheville?
2: Unbelievable! Like probably my second favorite place to play, other than San Diego. Just a great. Like you're in the mountains, if you like the outdoors, you got everything. And I did. I mean, I went fishing on my days off. I golfed every, probably almost every day, every second day. Uh, they had a sweet setup at like two or three golf courses. We just show our name, like our ID, and here's your golf cart. Here's your free pass on your way. So it was pretty sweet. And the hockey was great. We uh, The first year I was there, we had a decent team. I think we lost in the first round of the playoffs, like four straight. But the next year and a little bit, we had some really good teams. I think we went to the finals, actually, uh, the one year and lost either game five or game seven uh, to Quad City.
0: Oh, the old Quad City. Yeah, they'll do it to you. That's my—that's <laughs> I mean, where I grew up. Well, I, I should say I grew up, but that's where I was originally born. So the Mallards are my uh, my favorite team They'll always have a place in my heart.
2: <laughs> yeah. They had a good team. They, I mean, that was the only rink other than San Diego and maybe some of the West Coast teams that were drawing what nine over nine every game. Oh, usually, it was stupid. Just it was insane, stupid out man.
0: there in Quad City. Yeah, I went to what was a that game... what's the
2: guy's name? Harold what's... Cornfield. Yeah, Is that the guy?
0: I believe Harold, so. Was
2: he? Yeah, he was the head guy there, walking around with his five piece suit on. Yeah, that guy was that guy was huge.
0: That and then I'll see what that would have been 90, 2000. So they probably had Toporowski at the time, still, too. I want to say Topper was there. I, thought topper. Topper, uh,
2: well, I mean, we wrestled in the crease, but I mean, we still fought. Uh, he, his son actually is going in the draft this year. It was drafted last year. That's how old we are. I mean, me and him
0: are. <laughs> yeah, his son is, you uh, know, he's playing out there. And of course, he plays for Spokane, too. So, you know, carried on the torch there. And it's funny, yeah, he's think, uh, uh, his other played in spokane right yes he sure did that's where he got the yeah. 505 penalty minutes <laughs> fucking ridiculous. that's a lot
2: of time in the penalty box
0: oh yeah and then not only that too um and i didn't even know this until uh you know one of my buddies uh told me it was uh, i think it was darren but yeah he um got 505 and that's with no 10 minute misconduct so that's fucking insane to think about
2: <laughs> well i mean i think i had a 400 or 450 a year i think there was oh, a lot of 10s in that like if I'm going to the box for 17 minutes, I'm going to the dressing room for the rest of the game. Like, bye. See you later.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, yeah, and one of Topper's kids, too. He's actually coaching the, the Quad City team that's there. I think he's the I think assistant coach. Um, And I can't remember his name. I know it's Luke that's out in Spokane. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, the one that's coaching, but he's I coaching mean, back there in Quad City for the uh, – it's the Storm now because they're in the SPHL. But, yeah, they got Topper's okay. kid coaching there.
2: I didn't even know they were in the SP. I thought they were in the – I thought they had joined the East Coast League.
0: They did, and then they actually ended up folding, man, for they, – they folded, I think, two – it was two years ago now. And they they didn't go a year without hockey, but they were uh, – well, they were the Mallards, then they went to the AHL, <laughs> and then they became the Storm, and then um, back to the Mallards, and then folded – and everybody was worried that they weren't going to have a hockey team, and then they came out of nowhere again. And uh, they're in the SPHL, but their new name is the Storm now. So uh, it's weird for me still not not seeing Quad City Mallards because it's you know it's like a staple that was there. But dude,
2: that was a great uh, and a great jersey, great arena, like just a nice place, right? There's four towns there, I think. Yep, Illinois yep. and Iowa.
0: Yep, it's uh Davenport Bettendorf Rock Island and Moline that's uh that's the Moline, four that make up right. the Quad Cities. Yeah, it was Moline is where the stadium was.
2: Yeah, and then there's like uh Riverboat Casinos there too, right? Oh
0: fuck, yeah, you get your riverboat gambling on down there. But the heart it was yeah. a, I forget it was um Joomers Casinos around there. I forget which one the fucking riverboat yeah, is. Yeah, Jumers, That's yep. the boat
2: one. There, oh, there it yeah, is. We, yeah, fuck, there it is. Yeah, I am. <laughs> we we went there. I think we we I mean we lost some money there, I assume. But then there's also isn't there a big John Deere place. There? That's like right
0: across the. It's the John Deere Museum. It's right across yeah. the arena. <laughs> ah,
2: I knew that because we went in there. There's a good little coffee shop in that uh, place. I used yeah. to go there get my coffee pregame there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I was bringing my fiance. We went to a uh, me and my fiance went to one of the storm games this year uh, for the winter, and she's lived in Tampa her whole life. And so going up there, the lifestyle is a little bit different. She's like, you know, we're passing. We're like, oh, there's the John Deere museum. She's like, there's a fucking tractor museum. Like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> I'm like hey, in the Midwest. <laughs> That's
2: right. That's uh, John Deere. I think doesn't that don't they have a Caterpillar uh, factory there too or something?
0: Um, I see. Or they I know they Doria. used to. Peoria might have it, but the, I will know yeah. you might be thinking of Pontiac because Pontiac, that's actually where my grandfather worked at the Caterpillar uh, factory oh, out there maybe in Pontiac. That's what it is, <laughs> there you go. Oh. Um, yeah, useless
2: information. I know
0: exactly. There you go. For anybody who didn't give a shit about the Midwest, there you go. We uh, we filled you in a little bit <laughs> on the podcast here. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the next year in Asheville, I mean, yeah, you put up 400 and fucking one penalty minutes. So you were uh, you were pretty busy that year. It was the career high you had in PIMS. But you also played with a the guy there who uh, actually got lined up to come on the show eventually. You know, he funny enough, he actually resides down here in Tampa. But you, and of course, I'm going to say the name, but people it's not the NHL guy, but it's a uh, guy who played in the minors. But it was Tom Wilson. What was it like playing with old Willie?
2: Willie is coming on the podcast. Eh? Yes,
0: he is. He, I didn't I, know
2: that guy was still
0: alive. He is. He is.
2: Well, you'll have to give my. I'll have to give him my. Give him my number. Just a great dude. One. That's actually one of my favorite guys in that year on that team. That uh, he came in uh, from Columbus, I believe. Yep. With uh, Pat, uh, our coach Pat uh, Bingham, brought him in. Yeah, we had a bunch of good guys come from the Central League that year that really actually helped our team actually make it uh, to the finals yeah Willie he's a piece of machine that guy he fought, I think he fought five guys in that Knoxville, bro I think it was the what do they call it the the oh man I'm so forgetful too many concussions jeez uh, <laughs> Christ great cup in Canada what's it called in the states Super Bowl Super Bowl Sunday. It was like a one o'clock game or a noon game against Knoxville. Back when Knoxville had like Alex Alapan. I think there was that little short guy, Andrew Tortorella, or something or other. So our coach, we were, I think we we're losing. He's like our coach gives me and Lee Swanks to a tap on the back, and I want to say he sent out uh, who was with us. Tom Willie was on the back end, and somebody else. And he said to Lee Spangstu, who's like six foot eight or six nine on skates, just a big farm boy from out west. He said to Lee, he said Lee, I want you to go grab a hold of this guy. I don't want you to fight, but I want you to pick him up and body slam him into the ground until somebody on their team wants to fight. He's like this team; they're coming in here, score two goals in the first period, whatever. They think they're going to run right over us. And not going to have to drop the mitts and answer the bell. So Lee went out, dropped his mitts, picked this guy up. I swear he's picking him up six, seven feet in the air and slamming him onto the ground. And then, <laughs> and then I was just standing there. I had no, idea, no idea what to do. I was like frozen in time. And all of a sudden two guys passed me. I was on the boards, two guys passed me from their bench. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? All of a sudden, uh, I think it was Tyler Prasowski. He he jumped off the bench, gloves flying, jersey off, helmet off, and he's going, he's going after somebody. And I ended up fighting, I don't know who it was, Mike, somebody, and I think Alpin at the end and another guy. But I think Willie fought five guys that time. He's behind the net fighting the goalie and one of the defensemen. <laughs> it was insane.
0: <laughs> the fucking gong show i'll have to ask him about it when i get him on hopefully I have, he's uh he's an emt or an ems down here or something like that um from what i understand and so his, his schedule is a little a little weird but i'm supposed to be getting him on i think this coming tuesday is what we got uh what we got planned so i'll have to ask him about it and see what uh see what he recalls about it as well <laughs> i think
2: it's like i think they, i think they call it the super bowl sunday brawl or something i don't know my buddy sent it to me there a little while back actually a kid that was uh one of my, like, sponsor families or whatever, right? When they have the fan club for oh, the yeah, team. little
0: booster club teams. Booster club
2: uh, yeah. deal, yeah. So he sent me that there a couple weeks, couple weeks ago. He said, do you remember this? I'm like, yeah. It was an absolute fucking Chinese fire drill.
0: Fuck, I'm going to have to look that up. I don't think I've ever seen that brawl.
2: Dude, it's insane. Insane. And, like, at one point, I think I have my jersey off, and one of the linesmen is, like, sitting on my back at center ice, and I'm like, literally watching like five or six fights go on because they wanted to try to get me off the ice and Lee Spang, Stu, uh, Prasovsky, they're trying to get Willie, but Willie's a wily, he's a wily veteran. He was just hanging on to the back of the net, hanging on to the goalie. Like I said, he fought two or three guys at one time behind their net. (laughs) It's, it's, it's insane.
0: (laughs) Oh shit. Yeah. Welcome to the UHL. Gotta love it. The only The League was fucking unreal. (laughs) <laughs> old
2: ricky old ricky Brusell in the stands just losing his ship <laughs>
0: oh man um one name i gotta ask you about too uh just because you know it you, you got the big name but you played with him was brett gretzky old uh you know wayne's brother what was it like playing with him
2: unreal guy one one of the best guys you would never know that his brother was the best nhl player of all time like for his era you would never know being And even his brother was our coach, uh, Keith. Just great guys. would have the guys over all the time. He'd put his credit card out, set his credit card out. When we go on the road at the bar, he'd be like, all right, boys, tonight's on me. And I'm not talking like there's like four or five guys and a couple of rookies. There's like 18, 20 guys. Like all the guys are out, and he just picks up the tab for everybody. Like in a league where guys are making $350, 450, $450 $500 a week, that's a pretty solid move.
0: Oh yeah, for so, sure. I
2: mean, I mean he's—I think he's now a OPP officer, which is a Ontario Provincial Police officer down in southern Ontario.
0: There you go. Yeah, it's funny. He ended up playing, of course, in the uh, the infamous Danbury team, which we'll get to it a little bit. Oh um, fuck! <laughs> yeah, the best exactly.
2: team money could buy. Uh,
0: exactly. Yeah, for the <laughs> of course all within the uh, the salary cap of the UHL, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. So hundred
2: thousand bucks a week for their salary cap. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> oh shit. Um. Well, man. So the next year, and of course, we talked about this team uh, prior to the podcast. But yeah, I mean, this team. You want to talk about pack of fucking lunch. You had uh it was the 01 to to oh two wheeling nailers in the ECHL. You had yourself, Mark Major, Brendan Walsh, Dan Kopeck, David Kochi, and Ken Tasker. Jesus Christ. Did you guys you play forgot, hockey
2: you forgot you forgot Ernie. Derek oh, Ernie. Yep, he yep. He's top one of the toughest guys on that team, actually.
0: Did but you guys yeah, play any was- hockey at all? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, not a lot. Not a lot of us. We did do a lot of uh, we did do a lot of bag skates with Brof behind the bench. Holy fuck! <laughs> what was it like, like guy, with Brophy?
0: <laughs> oh my
2: god, this guy was an absolute legend. Oh legend. yeah, legend. This guy would come in. He'd lived across. I want to say he lived at the hotel across in the arena. Didn't drive. Fucking track suit everywhere. He literally wore his suit. That he for a game he would wear his rig suit tie under his track suit and just like tear away his coat and rip off his pants behind the bench and be like hey Billy to our to our stick boy hey Billy put this back on the bus yes bro later bro like he was an absolute animal he'd come in we'd be we had a gym in wheeling uh, inside the room and then you'd go up and there was the showers uh, so after practice he'd be in there we'd be working out Uh me, Tasker, Walshy, and a couple of the other guys. A lot of the, actually the really good players too. Uh, Mike Hurley, uh, Dylan Gary was there. He played a little bit in the American League. They were Those were our top guys. So we would be working out. Grove would come in off the ice uh, with his skates on and his tracksuit, 225 on the bench and he'd fucking rip out 10. No spot. Just like, and <laughs> during the games, just an absolute animal. You don't even get the tap. You don't get the tap. You get a fucking pointed ass, like uh, almost a flashy snakeskin cowboy boot, right in your butt, and that's that's your cue. You're up. Go go get an Attila. We need a we need a change of pace to this game. But he was just a beauty. Like some, there. I mean, there's probably 50 stories I have about that guy. That's insane. Like the uh, I'll get a, give you a quick one. Uh, we had a skate for Christmas in Wheeling. So it's a home game. We have all the flashy. I think we had a, a Jersey auction after nice Christmas jerseys
1: oh, and then beautiful. a
2: fan skate and then a fan skate. Well, Atlantic city, I think they won. I think they won the coast that year. They came in and just fucking laid a beating on, I think six or seven, nothing uh, right at the end of the game. Me tasker and Ernie went out and we got into a line brawl. So we got kicked out. We're half on when the game ends. Well, Brof comes in. There's like fans. There's probably 400 fans waiting to skate with the team. Fucking Brophy comes. He's like, what are you three idiots doing? Put your fucking skates on. Out we go, down and backs for an hour while the fans waited for the Christmas skate with the players. <laughs> I was dying. Literally dying. It was, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But, I mean, Brophy is just, just a great guy. If you were a tough guy, you did your job, you worked hard, you stayed out of trouble, he, he didn't bother you.
0: Yeah, I love any time somebody's played under Brophy, I have to ask him a Brophy story because he's just an absolute fucking legend. So you always got to ask him, or I always got to oh. ask guys any Brophy stories that they have. And, um,. Yeah, there's just always so funny with, and I love that he'll chirp the players again too. Like he'll fucking just say whatever he wants to the players. He'll chirp them from the bench on the opposing team and everything like that. Um, that was oh, unreal. he would,
1: <laughs>
2: he would tear strips off of other guys. I'd be lined up against the guy, I'm, I'm gonna fight the guy, and bro's like chirping the guy saying, "Hey, uh, 72, you're about to go to the penalty box with some blood all over you. You better get your uh, grab your nut sack before when you get in there." Just losing it on the guys. He's just, just a beauty. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know how. I can't remember how old he was when he coached me. I want to say he was like 73, 74. I don't know any guy that's 73, 74 that can jack up two twenty five no problem. Just like it's nobody's business. That's just the way the kind of guy he was. He's just, he's just a. <laughs> It's i don't just, know he's a legend like the guy was an absolute legend
0: some of the the way the, the best way to describe stories with him sometimes is like you just the only other explanation is it's just brophy it's just how it
1: is <laughs>
2: that, yeah it's like uh, oxymoron right it's oh, a brophy story yeah no problem
0: <laughs> yep everything makes sense now <laughs> yeah um so what was it you know of course he just was recently on Spit and Chicklets, and we talked about him a little bit what was it like playing with old walshy brendan walsh
2: uh walshy he got uh He was real good for us the beginning of the year there. Um, I want to say he got called up maybe before Christmas or after Christmas. And then we didn't see him again. I mean, he was too good for that league anyways, right? So uh, we didn't see much of him after Christmas, I don't think. But I mean, I spent a lot of time with the penalty box, so I wouldn't even know if he was on the bench or (laughs) on the edge. But yeah, he's just a good hockey player. Uh, Funny story with him. I don't know if if you had him on, or if you told this on Spit and Chiclets, but uh, I would went down and did a couple hockey schools with Wheeling and uh, Pittsburgh. They had a Neville Island in uh, in Pitt. They have like a Maryland Lemieux hockey school. Blah blah blah. So I went and skated for a couple uh, a week before the training camp for Wilkesbury. And while she was at the NHL camp, so at the NHL camp, if there's a penalty called. They do a penalty shot, uh, and in pit the guy chases from the blue line. So whatever, while she's playing, there playing. I think Oliwa was on the team, oh. and him and Walshy were on separate teams. So Walshy, being Walshy, was just giving it to him, cross checks, sticking him in the knots, like wanting to fight. Olival was like, "No, I can't go, I can't go, I can't go." So Walshy, literally, I think I think Walshy two handed hammer. Oliwa two-handed something. So whatever it was, I think Oliwa was chasing Walshie. And Walshie, instead of scoring, he came in. Oliwa was behind him. He slapped the puck, go, turned around, and just gave him a huge slash. Like instead of taking the penalty shot, Walshie just turned around and gave it to him. And then they actually did end up fighting, I think, the next shift against each other. It was uh, pretty comical, actually. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I gotta love always love the stories when drills will turn into fights real quick out in camp or oh. <laughs> practices.
2: Well <laughs> oh, hey man, look at it helped St. Louis last year win the cup. It got them yeah. uh didn't that turn their season around right after. I think they wanted a huge a huge heater.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um you know another guy I gotta ask you about on that team and of course we just mentioned him, but um you know he was on my buddy Darren's uh, podcast over there, at Fourth Line Voice. Uh, but it was Dan Koppek. What was it like playing with him?
2: Oh, Kobe. Uh good lad, just another Western farm boy. Uh, I actually played with him in Laval too. Uh, I think it was the next year, or maybe the year after. Yeah, Cope was a good guy. He, uh, he had a young, he had a young wife and family there. But I mean, nobody. I mean, I think he maybe fought five times that year, maybe six. No one would go near him. There was like. Guys would skate near him, and he would just – he'd have that big, long stick, big, tall guy, and guys would go into his corner, and they'd just come out of the corner like – they'd go in fast, and they'd be going to the bench, hunched over, just – they got worked is what happened because that's <laughs> what he did to guys. And no one would go near him. By the – halfway during the year, no one would go near the guy. He'd go back to get the puck on a breakout, and it'd be like the Red Sea parting when he'd go up the ice. <laughs> so yeah he he was a tough dude. like one of the guys I wouldn't mess with on that team would be him, scary, tough, and just a quiet guy and those are usually the those are usually guys you don't like to uh, tangle with too often.
0: Yeah, it's always the quiet ones you got to look out for, for sure. That's right. <laughs> um, and, of course, you played with Ken Tasker, who was also a guest on the show. And those for those listening, you can go back and listen. I forget which episode number it is, but it's episode whatever, Ken Tasker. You'll be able to see it. Um, but, you know, pound for pound, one of the toughest, wide-open fighters. What was it like playing with Tasker?
2: Oh, man, that guy's the same thing. He actually – I see Tasker off and on. I live only an hour from Ottawa uh, where I work and where me and my wife live. Uh so uh, Tasker, uh, he was at that camp with us as well, coming in uh, into, into wheeling from Wilkes-Barre. I think, like I said, we played in the first two exhibition games, a home-and-home home with Syracuse. And I think me, Kopech, Ernest, Tasker, and maybe uh, he was a big lad signed by Pittsburgh, Dan. Oh, it's so bad. We fought three times a game. Like we had six fights in two games, all of us. It was it was insane. And then the next next time we played, I think we played Binghamton or Lowell, one of those. It was yeah, basically all it was was fight after fight after fight. And Brope was just licking his chops. He's like, I've got all these guys coming down to Wheeling. Too bad we can't score though. (laughs)
0: yeah because you guys uh you you definitely weren't shy on the uh the tough aspect that's for god i
2: (laughs) I think we set a record or something that year for maybe i don't know if it's fights or it might have been uh penalty minutes one of the two i can't remember but i mean if you're on a Brophy team you know the team's going to be tough i don't think you ever had a team with uh less than four or five guys with over 300 minutes
1: yeah i think Brophy
0: would rather not not score than to have a team with no toughness, it seems like.
2: Well, I mean, he knows that a puck can go off one of his tough guys' asses if all the other guys are laying on the ground. Like, <laughs> he would just, we would literally beat teams into submission. And I know guys that played, that I've talked to, that played for him in, uh, in uh, when he played for, I think he was a coach in Norfolk back in the day when he won a couple championships on the coast. I can't remember the name of the team. But I think, like they were saying, like they'd score five goals because no one would want to compete against them. They were just that tough, which is pretty scary yeah. when the other team just shuts it down because the other team's that much tougher. But
0: It yeah, shows you what toughness can do. I know a lot of people out there, well, of course, toughness, you, you can't really can't really have it in today's hockey or the NHL, I should say. But, you know, toughness does play a big factor in the hockey. And, of course, you know, like you said, just won, won a couple championships for Brophy. Um, so that's awesome.
2: Yeah, he was uh, one of a kind. Tasker, the same thing. That guy lived to fight. He loved it. He'd be punching the punching bag before the game. Taping his knuckles, taping his wrist. He was like a regular, uh, he was like the fourth member of the Hanson Brothers, that guy.
0: He <laughs> always putting on the foil. <laughs>
2: oh, that guy, dude, I'm telling you, that guy loved to fight. He was ready. He's the biggest gamer I've ever played with. Absolutely. Nobody would. He would never, ever shy away from a fight.
0: Yeah, that ever. that fucking, well, of course, his fight with Trevor Sen is still regarded as, like, one of the best hockey fights of all time, and for good reason, of course, and, I mean, it's that fight is just ridiculous, like, I don't know. It's
2: two, two middleweight guys just going bomb for bomb. It was one of the best fights ever.
0: Oh, hands down! Like I, I still, I still always love to say this. Uh, that was actually the very first video I ever watched on YouTube when YouTube first came out. I searched hockey fight, and that was the first video that I ever watched. I was, I was probably, I'd have been like eight or nine years old uh, when YouTube had came out. So that's always, I always, I always give that that fight credit to being in the first ever video on YouTube I watched. <laughs> um.
2: So, Tim Casker's, he's he's probably up on your list then for tough guys.
0: Oh, definitely a hundred percent. I was so happy. I was able to get him on, um, you know, cause you know, there's, uh, you can do a lot of top 10 lists and a lot, everybody always likes to, uh, you know, do the NHL. I always like to stick with the minor leagues and I'll throw a couple NHL guys in like my favorite player of all time is Chris Nyland. But, um, Oh, Knuckles. Yeah, Knuckles. And, uh, you know, a second favorite's John Morasti. So kind of shows you where my, my spectrum goes. It goes from NHL to minor league. And I was like, you know, the the undersized guys are the pound-for-pound pound guys that would just stay in there and just fucking chuck them.
2: Wow, the funny thing is with both those guys are, I mean, Morasti's pretty jacked, but he's a smallish guy. But you, that's another guy. He, he would never, ever walk away or skate away from a fight, and he'd just kill you. He wouldn't get you the first part of the fight. Once you're bagged, you're done. Yeah, he just go. He goes forever.
0: Yeah, he, he does. loves it. Oh, he does. He li- he's he like loved a, it. He's
2: like the he's like was like the modern age. Tai DoMi. He just loved to get punched in the face and give it back.
0: Yeah, he'd take forty-three of them and smile at you, and then give you some back. It was it's just unreal how someone like a human can do that.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, and then I mean, I seen some of the fights. A buddy of mine. Uh, plays in that Quebec League too, Matt Rabbe, he, yep. I mean, uh, he he would fight against Morassi and they'd both be like punching each other in the face and then one of them would like raise their hand in the air. All the fans go crazy and then he'd punch him in the face again. He'd take like four or five, put his hand up again. Like insane, yep. <laughs> like literally asking to get one on the button. And just go down.
0: Oh, yeah. The, one of the funniest stories was um, <laughs> Brad Lambert had told this one in the LNH special, and Morasti, he, he can't remember who Morasti was fighting, but it was teddy bear toss night in uh, the LNH, and it was supposed to be, you know, when you score goals, when you throw the teddy bears on. Well, I guess Morasti was in the middle of a fight and started, like, waving the crowd on to hype him up, and they all start throwing the fucking teddy bears mid-fight, so Morasti's... Still throwing fucking hands with this guy while they're, you know, center ice and the LNH, and teddy bears are raining down on top of him mid fight. Like, I've never heard of anything like that. <laughs>
2: wow, that's, yeah, well, that league is just insane, though.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, of course. Well, speaking of the league, that's where you ended up the very next year in the QSPHL with, uh, fuck, excuse my French language here as I, my, my French is awful, but is it P- Pont Rogue? Is that how you say that?
2: Uh, Pont de Rouge.
0: Yeah, I never would have so got it's that. was literally a small
2: little a small little village outside Quebec City. I actually lived in Quebec City. Um, that for the first part of the season, I ended up getting hurt, and then I think I left halfway through. But it was a shit show. Like, I mean, <laughs> unreal cash. Like the money was insane. But I mean, the hockey was decent. We had a lot of pretty good guys on my team, good players, but couple guys that played a few games in the NHL back in the day with the, with the Nordiques um, but I mean I couldn't speak French worth a shit so here's this big dumb white guy walking around Quebec City can only say bonjour or au revoir so basically <laughs> it kinda, it got really lonely really quick living by yourself and there's only one guy on the team and he works and I was like living in Quebec so I was like go to the mall, go to the gym, go to the mall, go to the gym, go to... Luckily, there was a French and English movie theater by my by my place that actually saved me for the first part of the year, and then I'd had enough.
0: <laughs> when you got there, man, when, when <coughs> you saw kind of like the, the, the fights and everything happening, were you kind of like, where the fuck am I right now?
2: Well, I mean, it was, yeah, That's it's a big eye-opener. I mean, the only reason I signed there is because I would have... Uh, I could live in Canada and it was cash money. I think, I don't know. I think they got busted for that. I don't know if they had hell's angels paying or whatnot. I don't know (laughs) what,
1: I don't know what the
2: deal was, but all I know is when I got paid, I'd go in on every second Thursday and they just hand me a, an envelope full of hundred dollar bills. And there was a fair amount of hundreds in there. And I mean, and they paid for my, my, uh, condo. They paid for my internet, all that crap. So literally all I paid for was my food. I mean, it was, it was good. I just wanted to live in Canada, uh, try it out. It was okay, but the French language barrier for me, that made it really, really hard. But the league was insane. So many <laughs> fights. First five minutes, it would be like seven tilts.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. And it would be like the French guys. It would be like six French guys just screaming at me at the penalty box. I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're saying to me. <laughs> like, you can square, you can curse, you can yell. I have no idea what you're talking about. So, you're not bothering me.
0: <laughs> yeah, no no doubt, man. It's uh that league was definitely in a world of its own. Um <laughs> Yeah, I I, I I love the league for what it is, so I always appreciate. It. Well, of course, you were in it when it was the QSPHL, but then when it became the LNH, is when kind of the owners and money started really flowing in that league too. So, um, you know, it was well, a little bit crazy.
1: <laughs>
2: well, they have a French language, uh, they have a French language uh, sports cable show uh, similar to your ESPN, but in French, and they would have cover those games.
0: Yep, RDS
2: like a, like a legit on RDS. You could watch a game. From that league. So the first fucking six minutes, you're watching it from home on TV. There's six tilts. There's a teddy bear toss. There's probably six pretty good-looking strippers from the strip joint that's in that town that the owners bring in. It's crazy, <laughs> just crazy.
0: It's like a, it's like a circus, man. Is what it reminds me of. But uh yeah. it
2: does. Like <laughs> instead of warm-up <laughs> tunes like dance music, it should be the circus music from like Barnum and Bailey's for the warm-up music. Do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. it's oh man it's crazy
0: well that like, you've probably got like metallica and fucking megadeth forever like enshrined in your fucking brain from how many times they play it during all the fights so that dance with the devil by, song da, 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 do hoss
2: <laughs> oh yeah do hoss too do yeah. Haas. <laughs> I, one of the guys actually had that as like his theme music so anytime he got into a fight like the dj was firing that on he's oh, like yeah. mine is my my fight song is ramp steam i think do haas i'm like all right man whatever i'll i'll fight to whatever but okay <laughs> yeah. but yeah it was crazy and then i i think i played again in that i played in laval i'd signed a year after or the year after that uh, but i ended yeah, up breaking. Years. yeah so i ended up breaking my ankle with when i played for laval and they like i had to play three extra games on a broken ankle before they took me to the Took me to the hospital to get my cast put on. Ugh. Like so, that was a good time.
0: Uh, on that team that you had um, with uh, Pont Rouge or whatever, <laughs> however the fuck it said. Um, That's it, Pont Rouge. There we go. go. Uh, you had two tough cats, and of course, uh, you, we talked about guys who really like to fight. Well, fuck, you had Mike Bro on there, Mike Brault for those if, with the uh, kind of the Americanized pronunciation. But he holds the record for the most hockey fights, like ever, with uh, like six. It's six hundred and something. I can't remember. But what was it like playing with him?
2: he was only there for a little bit when I was there. But I mean, this place, and we showed up. The only guy I knew on the team was Yannick Renault. I think he played in Knoxville and a couple other places in the Central League. So that's one of the guys I knew because I had fought him the year before. And like all you kept hearing about was Mike Bro, Mike Bro. So we're doing all this fitness tests. We're doing this like a cop test for like a pin test for for a police officer. That's the testing we were doing for this Quebec senior league. I'm like, <laughs> "Man, this is I'm like this is some legit shit here." I'm like, "We didn't even do this at any pro camps, not even at American League camps." And I'm like, "All right, whatever. They had us do these like bench press tests, whatever. All good." And then surprisingly so this guy shows up uh, and he just beats the shit out of like five guys in the first scrimmage. So I mean, he was hyped for good reason. He was tough as fucking nails.
0: Yeah, yeah, he uh, (laughs) he definitely liked to fight for sure. If you're holding you know six hundred something fights under your belt, you uh, you (laughs) it a a little bit. It's crazy to even think about.
2: I mean, think about six hundred UFC fights. Could you make it through? Could you make it through a hundred alive? (laughs)
0: <laughs> right. And then, you know, I mean, of course, he was in the early, early Quebec League. And, you know, then when it was kind of just, you know, a couple, it'd be like the, the 30 second square off and you kind of grab each other and go down. But you got to think if you average, uh, I forget who I was doing this with one day, but we average like let's say each fight was about 20 seconds and it comes out to like almost you're like 18 hours of fighting or some some stupid number like that. It well, was, just
2: think he gets hit with five punches times 600 fights. That's a lot of punches to the face.
0: Yeah, and that's just five. <laughs> that's five.
2: That's not. Yeah, that's not if he goes twenty toe for toe with another guy, which he did a lot of times.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and another guy you had on that team was Sebastian Seer. Do you remember playing with him at all?
2: Oh my God, that guy, the military guy. I think he was in the military. Like he he was in the military, uh, in the Canadian military, and playing with that team. That guy literally just he didn't even. He didn't even shoot the puck in warm-up. They wouldn't even let him take passes.
1: <laughs> he was
2: insane. And he'd just get on the ice, and I think he fought uh, Serge Roberge, maybe. And he just beat the shit out of him. And I had played against Serge in the U-Haul, and he was a top customer. I think yeah. he played some games in the NHL. Like, he could go. And he's another guy uh, on the smaller side from Morasti. I think Serge is a little taller, but not as thick and as strong as moracity, but man, could he go forever? I think I fought him a couple of times where I hit him a few times. And at the end of the fight, I could barely stand up. And he was still throwing bombs at me.
0: <laughs> yeah, sir yeah, he was a, he was a tough dude. Um dude. I think he'd passed away, unfortunately. Um, really? Yeah, That's it was, terrible. it was something like, I think he had a brain bleed or something like that. It just, it was just something like a cyst, maybe something tragic. Um It was just oh, really wow. unexpected one day um just
2: like that one from the other week the colby cave from the oilers
0: yeah like crazy, that so just man. crazy just you know you don't even don't even see it coming um
2: 25 years old that's insane yeah
0: it's insane to think about I'm, i mean fuck i'm 24 like that could happen to me you don't even know it yeah, that's insane I
2: mean, I'm, I'm you're 24 yeah you lucky duck
0: <laughs> yeah i know what can I say? Uh yeah, 24 and I'm just fucking just do nothing but drink bush light and eat wings all day. Hey, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. Good
2: luck. Those are the good old days.
0: Yeah, I can get a, it's catched up with me a little bit. That's for sure. I got to get back into the gym because from the Marines, man, I go from, you know, running to quite a bit and hitting the weight room all the fucking time. And now I've been out for about two years now and I just uh, gotten fat and happy to say the
2: least. <laughs> Bye, man. We all get that way, but I mean, I got, my wife's got me on meal prep and have to eat greens with every, some kind of green with every meal. I'm like, Oh my God. Just <laughs> let me eat my potato chips and chew my chew. Right. Leave exactly.
0: What do you, chew, what, what, what do you chew, man? What, what's your, oh, what's your man, choice right, of, uh,
2: right now I'm chewing the grossest Copenhagen Southern blend of all time. It is disgusting.
0: Have you but, Do you not like Southern blend?
2: No, I like my chew. I mean, I'm, obviously fairly redneck apparently is what i'm told because i chew grizzly long cut wintergreen fuck
0: yeah that's that, the, that's the fucking that kitties, I mean, that's, titties, that's man.
2: my go- <laughs> that's my go-to so i mean now that the all the everything's closed here in canada where i live costs like 27 bucks for a 10 mm. 27 bucks i mean Jesus i have a good Christ. job but i mean that's a lot of cash for a chew so i the reserve here now because of the quarantine. Everything shut down. Me and my wife went uh, to go on the weekend and get some get cheap gas, like crazy cheap gas and cheap chew, Uh, and it was all shut down. There was a cop posted there and a couple elders, and so no cheap chew. So I had to buy this shit, and it is shit. (laughs) Just saying. Southern blend is oh,
0: Southern blend is all right. Um, You know, but if
2: (laughs) maybe uh... when it's new. This thing, when I open it up, six moths blew out of it.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> it's fucking drier than a nun's cunt. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: So I'm, not, I mean, I don't drink anymore at all. So i I might have to put some whiskey on this baby.
0: Oh, they used to have fucking Copenhagen whiskey. Blend, and I know that used that, to be good. That was good that's stuff. That's what
2: I used to chew when I lived in the states.
0: Fuck. Oh yeah, it's, it's chew here is fucking cheap. While Florida's a little dude, bit more expensive, like, but back in North Carolina, man, I used to be able to get a dude, fucking can of Grizz for like two thirty.
2: Dude, buck eighty nine Walmart. Fuck yeah. Right across Buck <laughs> eighty nine. I'd buy like fifty tins. And then my parents would show up, like my mom and my brother, and all my buddies back home chewed. They're like, Man, choose like 17 bucks a tin. I'm like, I can get it for three bucks Canadian, man. I'll send it home with my mom.
1: There you no go. No worries. Boom. Well, there you go.
0: <laughs> Make your mom the tobacco mule. <laughs> yeah. Throw the tobacco over
2: there for him. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, How yeah. many tins of tobacco do you have, ma'am? Oh, I got none. Ah, uh, plus my uncle chews, right? So I, I would be sending back to my uncle too. He was wasn't gonna pay that when I could get it for dirt cheap. You ever dip uh do you ever
0: dip stokers by any chance? Oh, oh. gross. <laughs> like, oh,
2: you think it's a gross dude? What like a tub of stokers? Oh, well, because I mean if you're buying Dude, I... <laughs> I'll send I'll send you a tub of Stokers if you send me a sleeve of fucking grizzly. <laughs> I got no you. problem, no questions <laughs> asked. As soon as the reserve opens I'm putting it in the mail to you. Send Dude, your Stokers
0: info. Stokers is like the juicy. Like it's not the greatest tasting, <laughs> but it's the fucking juiciest wintergreen you'll ever fucking have.
2: I don't know. It tastes to me like wintergreen flavored cut up uh, shingles. Oh, like housing shingles.
0: Like oh. nothing, nothing beats Grizzly wintergreen because it's got like the, it just packs a fucking punch. It's not like anything else. It's not like a oh, sweet wintergreen. Fuck but yeah. But I mean,
2: it, I find it's like Stokers is like kodiak wintergreen mixed with like copenhagen snuff i kodiak, don't know. I just that's like, like the like fucking
0: it. top shelf shit
2: <laughs> i guess i mean i guess i'm not uh i'm not a chew connoisseur like yourself yeah well when you're in the marines
0: and that's all you can do you, you oh that's true yeah. i didn't know
2: you guys even had stokers i thought that was canadian
0: oh no we had stokers that and then i'll tell you what stokers is a long leaf chew and fuck that's delicious too they got like i um, can
2: believe that i'm a big fan of long leaf what do you chew? So you, chew re- some-
0: you chew as we're going off the fucking rails here? I don't really give a shit. Uh, what do you well, chew, I man? Mean,
2: you got to go Redman with uh, yep. regular Big League Chew Mix. <laughs> there you go. That's my go-to. I think I have some up in my uh, in my kitchen cupboard that my wife would not know about, I hope.
0: <laughs> I had a buddy who would always do a, He was like Levi Garrett. Levi Garrett's all right, but I was like Redman. Redman was fucking red delicious but um what was it stokers Yeah, stokers would have uh, what was it they had fla- it was like flavors so they would have like original chew but then they would also have like apple and like peach and yeah one of they them had was apple like peach tequila
2: sunrise uh, yeah, there was there's like a long one, leaf chew and it was one. delicious
0: and they had they might have moonshine too i think they did have moonshine
2: jesus and oh See, my you guys god it was so good so you guys are so americanized we don't i think we get uh, bacon flavored chew wintergreen and straight that's oh. a Canadian one. Maybe throw in a poutine flavored chew. We don't get all the fancy ones. We don't get like lime tequila or, uh, I mean, the whiskey one. I think we had here for a bit, but I mean, it was like twenty seven bucks a ten. Yeah, I don't even think Kobe. they make
0: whiskey blend anymore. I think no, it's over. It's like, over. Copenh- it's like Copenhagen this. Black is what it is, but it doesn't taste the same to me.
2: I don't think it tastes the same either. I was a big Copenhagen guy before I got into the Grizz, so I
0: was too. It was always Copenhagen Wintergreen or Copenhagen That's Original right. is what I would chew and then will exactly. hit I the was Grizzly. The
2: best.
0: Yeah. It's like I a crack feed. My <laughs>
2: uncle chewed the Grizz. My uncle chewed the Copenhagen snuff and I got into that and then we started chewing the whiskey one and we're like, Oh, this is amazing. And then it just disappeared and here comes the old dust bunny here, Southern <laughs> Blend.
0: Fucking hey man. God, I, I'm going to have to go get a fucking can of Chew after this. I've, I've been, I don't know, I've been off the Chew for like two months now, but now I'm really fucking jonesing.
2: <laughs> Bye. I can send you some of this dust in the mail.
0: Oh, you could. Uh, I'll pass on that one. I could probably get Southern Blend down here just fine. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, and the good stuff. Yeah, the, the all the good group. stuff.
0: Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, fuck. We'll we'll get back a little bit here um, after you know our redneck asses just went off for a fucking ten yeah. minutes on Chew. <laughs>
2: That's all right. People, consumers need to know about these things. Exactly. This
0: is important, and I know you know some people, uh, plenty of people out there fucking probably dip while we're you know, bullshitting her. fuck, dipping in hockey go hand in hand, honestly, so fuck it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, So, well, you know, we'll skip ahead a little bit uh, through, uh, you know, San Diego and Fresno because you, well, you only played one game in Fresno. Well, actually, you said you actually really enjoyed playing in San Diego. So, you know, what oh. was it like playing out there?
2: Man, it was like living on the beach, playing hockey for fun. And, I mean, our team was just insanely good, like crazy good. Uh, we got rid of like two or three guys like the coach gassed them right at the, I came in at the end of the year and the coach gassed guys that had won championships for him to bring other new guys in and we didn't miss a beat uh I think we ended up winning the finals uh that year in game six or game seven at home but I mean what a place what a coach martinson guys yeah. probably probably one of the best coaches not coaching in the american league or the nhl that should be
0: yeah well you always hear always hear good things about steve martinson and uh you had a couple guys on there too it's funny i was about to skip over it as i have it right here on here in my fucking notes <laughs> langdon <laughs> yep ashley langdon and sobrodka and mullen
2: yeah like they got rid of that they got rid of uh when i came in they i guess marty thought i could play better than him or he was hurt or something but he was around uh he was around the team. Uh, we all lived in this, like, uh, I want to say it's like a, uh, it's like a condo hotel. So it'd be like two guys per condo room. And then the guys with families and kids had like the big sweet ones. So it was pretty slick. All the guys lived together, except for one guy that lived out, uh, with his wife, uh, in San Diego. So it was really, really good. Real, real fun. Did a, spent a lot of time with the guys. I mean, and you're the rinks four minutes from Pacific beach. I mean, what's not to like?
0: Yeah, and you don't have to worry about those harsh Canadian winters. It's funny because down here in Florida, I'm, like, dying for a winter because it's just hot all the fucking time. Man, you
2: can come up here and take my winter anytime. Yeah, I'll
0: take some yep. snow from you because, I mean, well, fuck, yeah. it's already, like, 90 degrees, and we're not even in, you know, May yet. <laughs> it's been fucking I rough. Mean, we, we, just
2: turned, we just turned the heat off at our house today, and we got the windows open because it's nice. But my wife's outside right now drinking a... Drinking a pink Whitney, uh, no less. Oh,
0: there you go. Uh,
2: yeah, on the patio. So, wait until I get done this, and we'll go have some dinner.
0: Yeah. Well, fuck. Maybe if if the if this podcast becomes big enough, we'll make our own fucking chew.
2: <laughs> yeah. If one that you can get a quarantine chew. We'll have to make it uh, accessible at any time.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um. <laughs> so the next year, though, uh, this is fuck. This competes with the uh, the old Wheeling team that you had, but you play for Laval and this team was stupid again here you go mark major again you had him he followed you there my roommate yep you had mark major mario jolly matt rabby craig martin randy ponte pat cote mike bajerney and chad richard jesus christ
2: <laughs> yeah there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of teams that year that wanted to fight with us yeah you uh, only had 85
0: <laughs> penalty minutes well, i wonder
2: why yeah, I mean, I you you couldn't get a fight. There'd be guys. Th- there'd be times where uh, Richards would be jumping in front of uh, Pajourney and taking a guy's fight, like in when the guys had their gloves off already. It was insane. But I mean, like so that team was so crazy tough, It was insane. Pat Cote, probably one of the toughest guys I've ever seen in person, just kill guys. Yeah. I've never seen a guy punch that hard.
0: Yeah, Pacote was just an animal, and of course, like, like we had talked about before, and I've mentioned, you know, he had a really good uh, whey, whey protein and chicken diet <laughs> out oh, there. Oh man,
2: that guy was on the yeah, he was on the something diet. That's for sure. <laughs> um, Maybe.
0: <laughs> what was it like playing with uh, you know Mike Bajerney though?
2: Dude, that's uh, one of the one of the best guys. Uh, I was only there for a little bit, but. One of the best guys that I've actually been around in hockey, to be honest, just a good guy would do anything for any of the guys. And like I was new to the team, and he showed me around, took me everywhere I needed to go to get stuff. Just a good guy, and he was top. top.
0: Oh yeah, he was. You ever watched that that Les Chiefs documentary? His brother, yeah, made? It,
2: yeah, his brother made him. I think his grandpa was. I think his grandpa funded it. It was pretty cool. Yeah uh cory holland was in that uh and you fought cory holland else? too didn't you yeah well i fought him when i played in that Pont rouge and i fought him when he played in the u-haul back in the day i think he played like in madison maybe i don't oh. know for sure but madison. i'm pretty sure i yeah i think they were called the mad well, i don't even know what they're called the
0: monsters the madison monsters, monsters oh yeah right. their...
2: parsons played there that's what fuck that's link, what I link
0: gates played like. there what?
2: Oh yeah, Link. Gale. Really?
0: Oh yeah, he was there for one season. I think it was ninety seven. Uh, but I yeah, think Link fucking... played everywhere, and he played in Laval. Did you fuck? You probably played around the. Uh... He was probably yeah, in the was... PHL with you.
2: He was in the league uh, when I played in Laval. Yeah, I don't know who he was playing for though. I yeah, can't well, he, this... he was
0: he was a suitcase in the LNH because they didn't want to... <laughs> he couldn't stay on a team. And I mean, you... if you can't stay on a team in the LNH or the Q, the Quebec League. <laughs> It's it's a problem. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, it's time it's time to hang them up and find a job. But those guys all all those guys had other jobs, right? Like only like some of the guys that from out west and stuff they don't have jobs. But all the French guys have day jobs, right?
0: Yeah, and they would. So just I'm sure like, he would, was. Yeah,
2: I'm sure he was working and uh, and playing, and I'm sure he wasn't uh, playing for free either. <laughs>
0: no, probably not. Probably came at a pretty price to play. Uh, link gates on the uh, on the roster there
1: um, yes
0: <laughs> but yeah so those yeah madison uh, fuck i just had pat barton on and he he played for madison um or excuse me no it wasn't brian rasmussen fuck i can't remember i've interviewed so many fucking guys i think ra-
2: yeah you said rasmussen was on last week
0: yep 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 he was um so it's probably rasmussen on madison but um yeah it had to have been him because he was under dave schultz but um yeah that fucking, those jerseys were fucking awful they were just some awful.
2: Of the, some of the worst jerseys I've ever seen is in minor pro. Just terrible. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I mean the old school Muskegon Fury jersey, uh, that was a pretty bad one, too. There's a lot of bad ones out there. I have an Asheville smoke jersey upstairs that would blow your socks off for badness.
0: Oh, you have to send me a picture later. I, got,
2: I'll, I, I, I'll I like will. It.
0: I have one that's pretty bad. It's a gold Gary Goulash fucking roller hockey international jersey, and it's fucking awful. (laughs) It is awful.
2: Yeah, I don't know. There's some bad ones out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And so what was it like playing in Laval, though? I mean, because Laval is like the, uh, I guess. It's Montreal, man. It is. It's like it's and for the Quebec League, that's like, you know, the place to go. I mean, it was back in the day. So, like, what was it like playing there?
2: Yeah, well, we went, we would be doing stuff every night. Like we'd be going to the movies. Like there's all the guys lived around the same area. So we would be doing stuff every night, whether it be drinking Paul, those guys were drinking pints, doing whatever. But, uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time downtown Montreal, maybe a few of the, uh, CD less, uh, well-known strip clubs went to a couple <laughs> of UFC fights, uh, Couple UFC fights, I think at the Denny Potvin Arena back in the day. That's where uh, I think where uh, Marassi and those guys started out as well, doing their UFC fights. And Steve Bossé. oh yeah, those guys. So those guys, that's where the same rank where they started their UFC stuff, because it's pretty big in Montreal, Laval area. There's lots of uh, <laughs> there's a lot of tough guys.
0: Yeah, they love their combat sports up there. Oh uh, man, do they ever. <laughs> um yeah, well Bosse. It's cool to see him in the uh I'm not a UFC guy or like boxing, but when I saw that Bosse was fighting, uh I think I if I remember right, me and my I took me and my one of my buddies. We went out to like Buffalo Wild Wings to go watch that fucking thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, he man, he's pretty tough.
0: Yeah, he is a tough motherfucker. Um so well you end up in Rockford again and you know, you hadn't been in Rockford since, you know, two thousand. So what was it like kind of getting back there, and how did you kind of get back into the UHL?
2: Uh, well, I played for Marty in San Diego. He gave me a buzz, like, hey, man, I need your toughness. I want you to come. We're going to win a championship here. Do you want to win? I was like, yeah. I was like, what do you want to make? I'm like, hey, man, I just want to win. That's all I want to do. It's like, all right. Hooked me up. We came back. Uh, I think First year, we were pretty decent. And then the last couple of years, we were just we were really really good. We just had some bad bounces in the uh, in the second year, but in the last year, we got her done uh, before the team was bought out by the Blackhawks.
0: Yeah, and you had a couple characters on there, and I got to ask you about it. Of course, he was uh, some characters. He was featured, and it's still probably one of the funniest videos you'll ever watch. Everybody's oh, focused. Tell me. Oh, you know who it is? It's Big Jason Snake
2: Ralph. Burks Oh, oh I was saying
0: I was gonna say Ralphie. Yeah, well, I got Big Snake later. I was gonna I was bringing up Big Snake later, but I was gonna say uh, Jason Ralph Ralphie. from the old miked up in the UHL fucking video.
2: Dude, that guy is legend. On anybody who watches hockey and you see that guy and you hear the miked up, he is hilarious. Like probably one of the funniest guys I ever played with for sure, and probably the best captain that I played for in hockey. So just a good guy all around. Yeah, he fucking, <laughs> that video he kills was me, ro- fucking Willis. <laughs> just roasting Willis and the Chelios. Hey, Chelios, nice fucking tan. Oh, yeah. And then when he's like, he's like, I'm rocking it up with Kid Rock in Costa Rica. Who are you, Ralph? That was, you missed that part. I guess they cut that out. But that was pretty good.
0: I think it's in the full version because there was like oh. a, um, well, there's that. That's just the Jason Ralph section of it. But the, of course, like the Roadhogs documentary. I think it's in that part. Um, oh
2: he just got roasted by chelios oh yeah it was with kid rocks place in costa rica and then like ralphie was like sad face skate back to the bench and shame yeah <laughs> and he's just like uh, he's so funny like he's typical ginger man he's and he's hilarious
0: yep um and so you know the next the next year or oh, excuse me not the next year the next guy i wanted to mention was uh eric labelle what was it like playing with him
2: oh beller he was my neighbor actually in the uh in the condo complex where we all lived. Uh, he's a good guy, quiet guy, just another guy. He's like a French tasker. He would fight anybody and could take a punch, and he could give a punch for sure. Just a good dude.
0: Absolutely. And so, well, you brought him up before, and so this is the next year that you're in Rockford, oh, but Robin Big Snake. Snake. Yeah. What was it like playing with old Big Snake?
2: Oh, my God. What a guy. He's like uh, probably – the most talented fighter that I've ever played with and could probably have played in the show, but he just couldn't get it together. But just a good guy, uh, tough, fought everybody. I mean, he fought Mac, he fought Butterbean, which I don't know, I'm sure if you've seen that fight on YouTube, when he fought. Uh, Is
0: it Ted Stone?
2: Ted Stone, oh, my <laughs> God. He I mean, uh, Snake hit him with one punch, one uppercut. And the guy was just leaking. Yeah. I don't know, it was kind of, and then literally four minutes later, they're at the bar drinking together. <laughs> it, was, it was quite humorous.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah, fucking. Yeah, I remember those old Rockford and Quad City games were just fucking wars back in the day. I always loved when Rockford would come to town.
2: Man, it was fight central all the time. I think Topper was like grinding my eyeballs out in the crease one time and. uh In Quad City, when we had that, there was like a goalie goalie fight. I think it was Tapper was in Nets for you guys, and we had Freddie. Do you remember that? Do you remember watching that or hear about that game? No, Freddie. Tapper raced down the ice from your end, like where you guys, where they usually came out. And he raced down the ice, and fucking our goalie was slamming his stick against the glass to get out the side door. Because fucking Tapper was gonna kill him. <laughs> it was fucking insane.
0: I don't remember. You know, then, I was uh, younger, think, so I wouldn't. I, I, I remember it, probably, but I don't remember it.
2: Luke Fritshaw fucking grabbed the whole of Tapper and they went like toe to toe in the crease where our goalie was like. I think Freddie actually got out the door somehow and was standing behind the glass. And Fritshaw and Tapper going toe to toe in the crease. It was pretty, pretty funny.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fucking, <laughs> it was, I would always go back and forth. So it would be like every other year I'd go back home because I live in Florida now. So I'd go back home to Iowa in the winter. So every other year I'd get to watch hockey. Um, so sometimes I'd miss it and I was a little bit younger, so I couldn't remember quite everything. But I definitely remember any time that the uh, the Rockford Ice Hogs would come into the fucking barn. It was just a gong show every single time almost. Um so it does sound like something I'm, I'm. I'm almost positive I probably saw at least one of the fucking brawls that you had with Quad City.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, I think it. Uh, it probably had a lot to do with proximity too. Weren't we only like two or three hours away.
0: Yeah, Rock from Fris each other, was far at all. Yeah, it was like the, yeah, that was so, the big rivalry.
2: And it just there was a hate on them at both sides. Their their fans hated us, and our fans hated their team. But I don't know. They we both had good squads, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Those was just powerhouse teams. I fucking loved yeah. it. Um, well, now, finally, I'm actually here. Uh, you know, we're at the part in the notes now where your fight card comes up because, of course, I couldn't get anything um, from hockeyfights.com up until this point. So, you know, luckily we've been able to jog the memory a bit here and get some guys that you fought um, just off of your memory. And, of course, we're, we brought it up earlier, but you fought Brad Wingfield, but it was out in Danbury. What was it like having to
2: go to that fucking place? Man, was that a scary place to walk into? Just they had how many guys did they have? Like I said, I think we talked about it earlier the uh, one hundred thousand dollar a week uh, pay scale for the U-Haul Danbury Trashers. Oh, they were was, loaded with oh, top guys. They
0: had Marasty by Lois, Wingfield, Ender, Stephen, Pete played there. Fuck, it just yeah, it goes Peter on. Peter
2: was playing that because he he played when they came to Rockford. I don't know if he who did he fight. Maybe Snake fought him. I can't remember, but he was there. Like he fought one of the guys on our team. Maybe I fought. I don't think I fought him though. That's a guy who played in Washington, right? Yep, for the Caps. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I did. I think <laughs> it was Snake that fought him.
0: Yeah. So I mean, going into Danbury, it's it's got to look funny because you got this arena that was originally like a rec rink, and it was just transformed oh. into this pro hockey league rink. Well, pro-ish because of course they can only fit maybe I don't know a thousand. 2000 people in there,
2: 700, I think.
0: Oh, maybe even lower than that. Then,
2: (laughs) yeah, like when you were there, though, it was packed. Like when they had that real, real, real tough team, like standing room only all the way around the rink, they were hanging off the rafters in that place. But that was a scary, they had a scary, tough team,
0: yeah, absolutely. And uh, did I gotta ask because I've only seen it, or, or I should say, heard it in videos, but. There's like this fucking. It's almost like the Quebec League, how they have the train horn that goes on nonstop during fights. Did you ever hear the horn in Danbury? Some it was like some guy in the crowd would come by with like this. It's like the like a mini compressor and like this megaphone, and it would just sound like a fire truck engine. It was Like rrr, rrr, like during fights, uh, did you hear that? At all? Uh,
2: no, I don't remember that. Oh man, I'd have to send. I you think a I video fought Wingfield in Danbury. Yeah, you did. I don't. I don't remember that one. I don't, know. Oh.
0: I don't know if it was every, I don't think it was every fight, but he, the dude had it and they called it like the the horn of death or like the horn from hell or something like that. Um, oh. And they had like this, did you ever have any experience with like section, I think it was like 102 is what they called it. And it was supposed to be like where security was very lenient on what they could do and say to the other team and shit like that. I don't like remember
2: that. those guys. I'm sure they're probably the guys where we walked out. <laughs> they're just walking into the dressing room and they're just giving it to us. <laughs> throwing pennies at us, spitting on us. Oh, I mean,
0: Jesus. Throwing beers
2: on us. Like, I mean, come on. It's a, li- it's a little much, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, no no kidding. Can't catch a fucking break. Um, but what was it like fighting Wingfeld?
2: I mean, just a strong dude. Guy's like a bull on skates. I mean, he's just throwing me around. I mean, I weigh 230. And I think, I don't know what he weighs, but he's pretty jacked. And uh, he was basically throwing me around. That's all he did. He's (laughs) fucking, he's tough.
0: Yeah, absolutely he is. Um, Yeah, I love Wingfield. Um, And another guy you fought was also Brad McMillan. What was it like with him?
2: McMillan, I think I fought in Missouri that year. I don't know, I did really good against him, that fight against him, I think. Uh, Yeah, he's a tough kid. I think he ended up going back to Fort Wayne, didn't he? i am not sure i believe so like after i don't even know what year i think like maybe 2009 to 13 when they were still in the uh i don't know if it was the ihl still or not but he was there fighting everybody i'm pretty sure it's the same kid but i'm not sure
0: you'd have to check
2: that out
0: yeah i'd have to double check that um
2: yeah, that guy's got a hard bald head. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh,
0: so the next year, though, you, you you're still in Rockford, and you you fought some other big name guys. You fought Brett Angel. What was it like fighting him?
2: Yeah, he's Angel. Guy's a pussy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's uh, I don't know that guy. He'll he'll fight anybody too, but I mean, I don't think he's that crazy tough. But uh, I don't know. He does a lot of stuff on the ice I don't like, but. I mean I respect the guy, he dropped the mitts anytime and he's pretty honest so I don't have much more to say about
0: him. <laughs> we will leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um another guy you could to drop the mitts with was Jason Payne. What was it like with him?
2: Oh, painter. There's another beauty too, man. That guy is uh, he's a legend. I have a lot of respect for the guy. Uh I think when I my rookie year in Port Huron, I believe he was in Flint. I believe, I'm not sure, but uh yeah, I, Painter, I have no respect. He hadn't played a whole lot that game, maybe two or three shifts. He asked me. I asked Marty. Marty gave me the go-ahead, and I fought him. Did pretty good. He cut me up at the end of the fight there. Um, I got my chin split open on the uh, on the boards in Bloomington. And some Canadian doctor from Bloomington Left a huge scar on my face, which my wife wants me to get fixed. But <laughs> we'll see about that. It make, gives me character.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a story to tell for you. <laughs> That's right. Um, and the last guy I'll ask you about from that season that you fought was Bruce Richardson. And I think that one's actually on YouTube. You can go check it out if you're listening. Oh,
2: yeah. Don't waste your time. <laughs> it's a big guy be- It's a big guy beating up a little rat. I don't know. The guys, have, that guy... With, for his weight class, but I mean, that guy was a player, so he shouldn't even have even been talking to me when that fight actually happened. He was like, I think he was lipping our bench about something, uh, and it was a pl- I think it was a playoff game, to be honest. I'm not sure offhand, but I'm sure Fort Wayne, like usual, would have been packed to the rafters, just people screaming at us. I don't know what he did. He had done something, and he was mouthing off, and I was just like, I had had it. He cross-checked me, he cross-checked another guy. So I literally just pummeled them, and that was it. I wasn't gonna stop. I wasn't gonna stop. And then I did some stupid thing after, like I wanted to make it look like a ballerina move. I like to toss my helmet, but it wasn't that graceful.
0: <laughs> it was graceful in your own way. <laughs> it I guess, like yeah. That. <laughs> the
2: old donkey way, grocery stick dropping his uh, bucket.
0: <laughs> um so the next year though man you end up in Elmira and you're you're wrapping it up here as the last two years of hockey uh you know what was your experience like out there at Elmira
2: I loved it just a great great town great fans great people uh I don't know if they still I think they still have a team uh I think Robbie Nichols runs a federal league team there I'm not sure but I don't know I love that I have nothing but great things to say about, about Elmira and um I have friends that still live there to this day that awesome, I ta- talk to regularly.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll just ask you about a couple more guys here, and we'll uh, we'll get you on your way. Um, but you had a couple teammates that I got to ask you about, and one of them, a dude who played for a long time, actually too. I think he was playing up until like 2019 or 2018. But wow, uh, you fuck Frank Littlejohn. What was it like with him, Frank the Tank,
2: Frankie? He's a tough little motherfucker. That guy. I mean, you don't ever – that's one thing I don't fuck with is farm boys and lacrosse players. And Frankie <laughs> was apparently apparently, a hell of a lacrosse player uh, in his day. I think he lives in Oshawa or Whitby, Ontario. I'm not sure. But, yeah, Frankie was playing – I think me and, my, uh, me and my cousin went to a uh, Brampton Beast game maybe three or four years ago, and fucking there's Frankie skating around, and I was like, that can't be the same guy. And it was, so – yeah, Frankie.
0: Yeah, how many, how many Little Johns do you know? <laughs> it
2: can't be. I mean, there's only there's only two. Yeah, Him and uh, I think his son is actually a really good player as well now these days. I his young lad's name's Tyler Little John. I'm not I'm sure. I'm not sure. But... Yeah, so, yeah, Frankie, he would go anybody. That's a funny story too. Uh, Frankie, uh, we were playing in Wheeling. Was it in Wheeling? Yeah, I was in Wheeling, and Biz was playing. BizNet was out oh, running biz. his mouth. Yeah, so Biz is out running his mouth. He's trying to fight me. i mean, like Marty's. Like, looks at me. He's like, I always tell this to my buddies at work or like my friends. That, like, I tell them the story because they're always talking about Biz and spitting Chicklets. Like, it's pretty popular up here. It's pretty huge, and the Pink Whitney. So, because I think they run their Instagram pretty well. So Biz is out there, he's sticking guys, he's chirping guys, he's cross-checking me, and my coach is like, no, you can't fight this guy, this guy sucks. Well then, by no means though, I know anything about him at all. So a couple of years later, the guy's in the NHL, he's a two-time East Coast Hockey League All-Star, and he's playing in the NHL, but my coach is telling me, you're too good to fight this guy. I don't know, I just thought that was very comical. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you look, Frankie doesn't even he doesn't even look he just drops his mitts and just goes at him, fucking hilarious, <laughs> hilarious.
0: Yeah, biz uh, biz really changed his role because he was actually really good in junior and he kind of had to evolve <laughs> a little bit to kind of stick around fuck, and man. fuck it worked out for him. Yeah,
2: if you think it worked out very well, that's why I always laugh when they're like talking about biz like yeah, like that guy was uh, playing in the East Coast League against us. My coach said I was too good to fight him, and then two months later, the guy's in the NHL. It makes <laughs> me – I was like, it makes me giggle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hilarious. Another guy you had on the team was Chaz Johnson. What was it like with him?
2: Oh, Jesus, Chaz, what a machine that guy was. Great, great hockey player. He was probably too good of a hockey player to be playing in the East Coast League. He's that, he's that good of a player. I mean, I played with Chaz and Rockford. Uh, along with Robin and those were two guys that I thought for sure after the first year with us that we wouldn't, we wouldn't see them again, but, uh, it just didn't turn out that way for them. I think Chaz played a few games up, but man, that guy was fast and hit like a monster truck. He would just truck guys and just kill guys,
0: <laughs> but and
2: he could, pl- and he could play. He was a hell of a player.
0: Right on, man. Um, yeah, and so, you know, we talked about it a little bit, I think before we started, I think we talked about this fight, um, and we'll wrap it up uh, here, and it was your fight with, you had Lalonde, you fought there. Oh, uh,
2: God, that guy.
0: What, what? and people listen, that, you can go watch this video, and it's quite comical, but what kind of, uh, what were the events that transpired there?
2: Uh, this guy has been like, this guy all year be like, chase me, sparing me, like, such a twit. I fought him twice. Beginning of the year, I think it was. like One was an exhibition, one was in regular season. Like, I don't know, I threw him around, he's whatever. So this game came up, I think I just got back from being on the IR for like two or three months with a concussion. And I was like out of shape. I think it was my last season. I was done, like I was fried. My hands were a mess. My face was a mess and my head was all messed up from uh, getting punched in the face all the time. So this guy, Chaz got her all, got them all riled up. And then this guy started spearing me in in the nuts. And I didn't wear a jock at the time because I never did. Like I said earlier, or elbow pads, because I just didn't like the feel. Uh, And so he slashed me. I think I slashed him hard as I could with my stick one handed, like a backhand in tennis. And then he (laughs) slashed my, then he slashed my stick in half. And then he speared me. Then he speared me with like the broken end. And then I lost it. And then somehow we got tangled up on the boards, and he was like just literally laying on top of me on the boards. And I was like losing my mind. I was losing my breath because I was so out of shape and gassed from being on the IR. It's so out of shape. And I somehow got an arm free and just gave him one uppercut, and that was it. Lights out. Good night, Eileen
0: yeah you uh it's funny because you're wrestling on there on the boards and it's probably like 10 seconds you're sitting there and then out of nowhere you cock your left hand back from fucking three states away and just fucking unload. Oh, man, that him. was
2: like a knuckle dragger yeah i think hit the, that almost hit the ice <laughs> and my buddy my buddy at his wedding like in the summertime of that year man, he still chirped me about that uh luke fulgium because he's i think he's on the bench and he's like
0: gives it to the
2: guy over the boards like right on his face or something i don't know it's pretty comical <laughs>
0: yeah he goes down but like I a just, fucking heap. i
2: <laughs> i hated that guy that guy was such a dick I, don't know, I didn't know what his problem was but whatever well you got the him young that's guy for sure yeah wow well, that was enough <laughs> that was probably my i think i bet you that was probably my last pro fight
0: no kidding
2: i pro. i think i want to say it was well there unless you go. I had a fight unless i had a fight with uh The Harrison kid from, uh, I think he played for Trenton, Thomas Um, Harrison. He's red-headed ginger guy. He was pretty tough.
0: I'm not sure. I might be able to pull it up real quick, um, see what we got here. Fuck, of course, hockeyfights.com fucking sucks. Uh, I think think Cormier was your last fight, it looks like.
2: Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's pretty tough, too.
0: (laughs) There you go well there you go there's your last fight
2: <laughs> oh that's it enough was enough time to retire and get a real job
0: yeah what do you go to these days man after after hockey
2: uh, now that I work uh, I work at a nuclear facility uh, taking care of some of the stuff that we have there uh, on the uh, on the government side and that's it my wife works for the government as well and we have a dog we do some paddle boarding we do some Right now we don't do anything because we're all stuck inside. But right, uh,
0: you're stuck talking to my dumbass for an hour and a half. Yeah, man, I
2: don't mind <laughs> it at all. It's, it's actually fun to talk some sports. At least I'm not a big fan of talking about myself, but it was fun. Um, not too much. We go to the gym. We've been doing workouts at home, and I mean the dog is a lucky one in this quarantine. This dog's got more playtime in the last three weeks that he's had in the first nine months of his life, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, our it's dog's been so in hog heaven, too.
2: Me being a shift worker and my wife working from home, she spends the majority of the time with him, so. Well, Other than you that, not too much. I don't play hockey anymore because it's too dangerous to play where I live. <laughs> it's uh, They take it a little too serious for my liking, so uh, I called the quits uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. haven't touched the Haven't touched the ice at all. Uh, Play around with my nephew a little bit. He's going to be quite the player. Uh, He's going to be very good, Uh, as are all the kids these days. I mean, all they do is play hockey. Uh, In Canada, even in the U.S. now, uh, you guys really, really come up as well with the talent. So it'll be interesting. It is crazy. I can't believe what people will spend. To play hockey, it's,
0: it's ridiculous. Insane. Yeah, no I just kidding. think
2: about how much money my parents spent. I mean, and I'm thankful that I got the opportunity to actually play. Because a lot of kids actually can't afford to play. It's insane. Too expensive.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I don't. I'll never understand spending like 400 bucks for a fucking stick. I'm <laughs> on like the clearance yeah, rack insane. when I buy it for beer league. I'm like, I don't give a fuck.
2: Oh man, dude, I was buying mine here at Canadian Tire. I think they're on sale for 39 bucks. There you go. Back in the day, I was rocking a $300 fucking one piece. And I was had like six or seven in the stick rack and seven or eight at home in my closet, which the team didn't know about. But whatever. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's insane. My nephew, my nephew went to Montreal a month ago or two months ago before this. uh, We got quarantined here and he won a $370 hockey stick. Uh, Goal, goal, goal leader for the tournament. I was like, "That's crazy! The Jesus. kid's eight years old." <laughs> That's insane. insane.
0: That's insane to even think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, fucking, hey, what a career you had! You had almost thirty-four hundred fucking pims, and I mean, what a journey! You fought some crazy people, and you managed to survive the Quebec League. So, I mean, you can't ask for much oh, more
2: man. than that. <laughs> hey, man, I got to see got to see uh, North America for ten years playing hockey. Not a bad, not a bad deal, but. I'm a big fan of uh, regular life now. Now, if just the NHL come back, we'd all be good.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, one last question for you, man. If you had to do it all again, would you do it?
2: Yeah, I'd do it, but I would have uh, went to the uh, major junior route instead of going to university. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the only thing. I'd still fight, but, I mean, I don't even think I could make a junior team these days. These guys are insanely good.
0: Yeah, they're all fucking insane.
2: Man, there's a kid up, uh, plays on the OHL, had, I think he's like 15, had 75 or 80 points. And, and the season was cut by 20 games. I think he beat McDavid. So, I mean, McDavid's pretty good. I mean, how good is this <laughs> kid going to be? Yeah,
0: McDavid's all right. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's he's he take him on the Leafs any day of the week, but yeah. whatever.
0: <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you taking the time to come on and, you know, bullshit Thanks. with me for a little bit.
2: Sweet, man. Hey,
0: stay safe. Yeah, you too. Fucking, uh, you know, stay safe in quarantine. Absolutely. Fucking go enjoy some work. I got to go back to
2: work this week.
0: Oh, I'm already, I'm still working, thankfully. But uh, (laughs) fuck it, Hey, Yeah, go enjoy enjoy some dinner. And I know you said you got to enjoy some of your greens instead of your chips.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. Caesar salad and pork chops. There you go. Have a good night, man. (laughs) You too, man. man.
1: You got